Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thank you for tuning in today and uh, hope you're all having a great week so far. I do want to, first of all, give a shout out to my friends out in Sturgis, uh, Charlie and Renegade Radio and everybody else that's out there, the musicians I know, uh, the the writers I know that are out there. Um, Hope you're having a great time. Wish I could be there. Uh, Maybe, maybe next year I'll get out there. But anyway, I just want to give a shout out to to those people out there. Also, um, hey, I got a ton to get to today. I'm going to try to get to it all. I have more video clips than usual because I, I I just wanted to kind of walk through a process on a on the environment and uh, the expert on the environment uh, Joseph Biden your favorite president and mine so so it's going to take some I'm going to try to try to get through it all in the hour it might take a little longer but uh, this is where I need to tell you because I do have so much video that I'm that's involved in today's show if you're just listening Make sure to check back again later on rumble.com slash the nun report so you can watch the video and all the receipts that are put up on there. Um, and, and subscribe there anyway. I mean, it's a good thing. Go ahead and hit, hit the like button. Go ahead and share it out. That'd be great. I'd appreciate it. We need to support each other as conservatives. One of the ways you can support that is by supporting those who are getting the message out. It doesn't cost you anything. It, it doesn't really take a lot of time. Simply share this video. Simply follow the channel. Simply give it a like. If you want to listen to the show, that'd be great too, because I think that I do have some good content from time to time. Uh, you know, we all we all have different days. We have good days. We have bad days. Speaking in front of a mic isn't always fun. Sometimes, you know, I struggle to put shows together. Sometimes they come to me just like that. And uh, but either way, I do have fun doing this. I do try to enjoy what I'm doing. And uh, so that's that's where I'm at. Has anybody noticed also that um, the Desantis? Train or train the DeSantis short bus, the people that are on that, as I like to call it, um, that they're sounding more and more like Democrats. That he has, they've enlisted this army of influencers to go out there on social media and basically bash everybody else. It, that's what they do, and they completely, of course, they're bashing Trump. They're all on board the J six trials. They, they don't think the election was stolen. They're all, all of them are sounding more and more like leftist Democrats all the time. And they're just whiny little bitches. I mean, they, they don't even, they're not even articulate in their arguments. They're just out there thrashing people. And again, these are paid influencers of the, of the DeSantis campaign. And, uh, it's just pathetic, man. You know, if you wrote a textbook on how not to run a presidential campaign, you would write it after what the, the sanctimonious campaign has been doing since the day that he, uh, that he announced even before he announced you know, waiting and not, you know, running for governor, getting reelected and then kind of, you know, not, not divulging that he was going to run, even though he had every intention of it, changing state law so that he could run and still maintain his office. You know, there's a reason that law was in place was so that people like him couldn't go ahead and get elected and then bail for a presidential run like he's doing right now. I got a lot of questions about the integrity of that man. And, you know, God bless him for his service. I'm sure he's an honorable man when it comes to loving his country. I think that he maybe is a little bit confused and he's loving it the wrong way. Anyway, that's just my my thoughts on DeSanctus there. The uh, the climate, of course, is crashing. It's dying. It's, it's always is. It's how the elites get more money. You know, I, I, and I got a lot to say on that today. So we're going to spend a lot of the show on the climate crisis. We're going to talk, look at the crime that's rampant in cities like San Francisco. It's just, it, it's, they're not even trying to stop it anymore. And then people 
if you go and try to stop a crime, as Daniel Penny found out in a liberal state or city, you're the one that's going to be arrested. And so what, what happens? People do nothing. They stand by and they watch. And we're going to take a look at some of that. Uh, and, uh, Andy No, uh, who was beaten on camera, assaulted. It's all on video by Antifa terrorists in Portland filed a civil suit. The judge found, the jury found, that uh, Antifa was not liable for any of it. So what if they beat him up? So what if they damaged his equipment? They're not liable. So apparently if you're Antifa, you could just, in Portland anyway, you could just do the hell, do whatever the hell you want. We're going to take a look at uh, the J6 records that went missing uh, from the deselect committee, as Donald Trump calls it. Apparently the records just, they're just gone. You know, the records they used to recommend criminal proceedings to the Department of Justice. Yeah, those records. I guess some of them are gone, and so uh, you're not going to be able to not going to be able to uh, to subpoena those. Diane Feinstein, The Walking Dead. Well, she wasn't walking yesterday because she fell down in her house and she had to go be taken to the hospital. She was there for a short time. I think she's now back. Is, is the word that's uh, that's on the streets? But man, who knows? She's 90 years old. She can't walk. She can't think. She has to be told how to vote. She has to be told what to say. She didn't even know that she was missing from Congress for several weeks. She thought that she was there the whole time voting. Can we get these people out, please? Can we have term limits of some kind? Can, can these people, they will go there until the day they die. They're so stuck on their power. God. Pathetic. Let's take a look at the update here on the cocaine that's in the that's in the White House. Now, first of all, it's no longer in the White House as far as I know. But am I the only one that's kind of upset that the people inhabiting my house and yours brought cocaine into it? See, because it's not, it's on loan to the first family. They don't own it. It's not even their house. It's our house. It's the people's house. And they've defiled it. They've dishonored it. They've, they, they, they don't even care. So it turns out that the Secret Service did, in fact, lie to us that they knew the whole time. Dan Bongino knew it. He's a former Secret Service. He's like, there's no way in hell they don't know exactly whose cocaine that is. Of course they know. Of course they know. And then they came out with the whole snow job, blinding the public, no transparency whatsoever. Oh, investigation is closed and there was no evidence of, of, you know, who it was. All the cameras were out. The fingerprints weren't conclusive, blah, blah, blah. Well, now you've got three inside sources who've come out to, uh, to Soldier of Fortune magazine and they, they've, they've uh, no. Anyway, they, I'm so sorry I messed that up. At any rate, um, it happens, man. This it's, is live. I mean, I'm not live live, but I record live. I don't go back and edit these shows. I record them, and as soon as I'm done, bam, I put them out, okay? Uh, the reason I pre-record is I just haven't figured out how to go live yet. You know, maybe one of these days, oh, and I don't want to commit to a specific time every day. But anyway, I've gotten sidetracked. The cocaine, I'm pissed off that they brought cocaine in the White House. As it turns out, they knew all along who whose it was. Of course they did. They're the secret service. Someone didn't bring a foreign substance, lock it in a cubbyhole without leaving fingerprints or trace or some sort of evidence somewhere. So they've come out and said, yeah, it was somebody in the Biden family orbit, but they did say it was not Hunter. It was someone in the Biden family orbit 
And that if you want to know, ask Joe, because they told Joe Biden, this is what the sources are saying. And so Joe Biden knows whose cocaine it was. He knows who, who brought it in there. He knows uh, who brought it in and who it was meant for because this was a dead drop is what it was. They dropped it in the cubby and then somebody else was supposed to come and pick it up. It was basically a drug deal gone bad, okay? Because uh, somebody forgot to pick it up or this, or it was found before it was able to be picked up. But, you know, one of the things that, that Vivek Ramaswamy has repeated over and over again, and, and something I happen to believe completely, is the people don't trust the government because the government doesn't trust the people. And this is just another example of it. This is an example of the Secret Service deciding that the, the American citizen did not, that, did not need that information, just didn't need it. And they made that decision, and the FBI is making that decision. They've also censored on Facebook. They've censored on Twitter. We're adults. We can make our own decisions. We can handle it, really, really. We can, we can freaking handle it. Just be honest. Just be transparent. Do all the shit that you said you're going to do on the campaign trail and be transparent. Don't put Kareem Jean-Pierre up there every day to say, I'm not going to talk about that from the podium. I'm not going to talk about that from the podium. Oh, you're going to have to talk to the Justice Department. Oh, you're going to have to talk to Biden's attorney. I'm not going to talk about family matters here at the podium. You're the mouthpiece for the administration. You're the, you're the conduit between the administration, and the public. And you seem to be able to say absolutely nothing or you refuse to say absolutely nothing. This is crap. This is why people don't trust the government. You know why I don't trust the government? Because they don't trust me. They don't trust me with the information. They don't trust me to make up my own mind. They don't trust me with, with getting all of the information. They don't trust me even with the truth, like the Hunter Biden laptop had to squash that too. You don't trust me to, to vote correctly you don't trust me to speak correctly so you know you can pound sound i don't trust you either you can uh you can go ahead and piss off so biden was over in uh arizona he was at the grand canyon it was a big climate pitch i'm gonna th show a bunch of short clips make some short commentary and we'll try to get through all this all right you ready hold on to your seats let's go here's how he started it well there's a lot of good that's going to come from the sacrifices of dealing with taking on the climate crisis sacrifices who's who's sacrificing joe what joe what are you sacrificing for for the climate crisis because you keep talking about sacrifice and then if we all sacrifice enough then we're going to be much better off and stronger as a nation i i don't think we're even going to be a nation because china and russia and india they certainly aren't pursuing green energy they're building more coal p power plants and more nuclear reactors they have cheap energy. You're trying to destroy this country from the inside out. And the Green New Deal is going to do it. I don't even, I don't know if he knows he's doing it, if it's intentional, if he's just a puppet piece. Obviously, he's a puppet. But is he, how cognitive is he of what he's doing with this climate bullshit? He's always been a climate wacko, but, um, but, but it's just getting worse and worse. But what are you sacrificing again? I would, I would pose that question, Joe Biden. What are you sacrificing? Because um, I don't see you sacrificing anything. 
See, these rich people, it's, it's only the peasants who need to sacrifice. We're the ones who have to pay $5 a gallon for gas, and it hurts us. Oh, they pay $5 a gallon of gas. But there's a lot of difference paying 5 bucks a gallon for gas when you have hundreds of millions of dollars versus when you're living paycheck to paycheck. Hoping, hoping that you can save enough for retirement and actually retire comfortably one day. I mean, there's so much going on. Finally, finally, no one can any longer deny that we don't have a problem with climate change. This was the exclusive, and they called it the climate interview. So obviously he, had, he already had, even though he already had the questions to start with and was supposed to develop answers, which I'm sure he rehearsed, he still screwed it up, of course. But yeah, I, you know what, Joe? I deny the, the climate crisis. I don't deny it. the climate is changing. But I do deny that there's a crisis because of it. And you know that there's not a crisis. You own beach property, for crying out loud. It's financed from a bank that doesn't believe there's a climate crisis either because they gave a loan for the property. It's insured by an insurance company that doesn't believe there's a climate crisis because they insured the property. So don't sit there and tell me that there's a climate crisis. There is no existential existential threat to the United States. You got automakers losing billions of dollars. By the way, the reason they're doing it and the reason insurance companies are not insuring some things in states uh, like Florida is because of big money, because of the vanguards, the Black Rocks, and the social credit scores, the ESG scores that they make them go through. They're telling them, look, you can't make these kind of deals. You can't insure this sort of stuff because it's not climate related. Your social, your score will go down. We won't, we won't recommend you to our investors. We won't put our money, our investors' money into your company unless you do what we tell you to do. That's what it's about, Right. Are you prepared to declare a national emergency with respect to climate change? We've already done that. We've already done that. National emergency. We've conserved more land. We've moved in. The, we've rejoined the Paris Climate Accord. We've passed a $368 billion climate control facility. What the hell is a $368 billion climate control facility? I think he's talking about the Inflation Reduction Act. I don't know if he knows what he's talking about. He threw two things together there, a climate change facility and $368 billion. I'm just going to mash them together. It sounds good to me. The existential threat to humanity. Humanity. So you've already declared that national emergency. Well, in the practice, you got a bug on it. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. So you've already declared that national emergency. Practically speaking, yes. You know, talk interviewing him has got to be, and you see it on the the host's faces sometimes. Um, It's got to, you know, you I don't know if any of you, some of you have, I'm sure. You have a, a grandfather, an old grandfather, who's he's starting to lose his faculty, but he likes to just tell stories and, oh, oh you got a bug on you, you know? I mean, she's like, yeah, thanks. Um, but that's that's who Biden is. That's what it reminds me of. And they're they're almost humoring him in a way. Yes, the majority of them are leftists. In fact, all of them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be allowed to interview him. But even the far left whack jobs you see it in their face they're they're entertaining an old man they're being patient and and uh letting him tell his stories and they hear him lie and they hear him make mistakes and they just smile and nod like you would to a nice old gentleman right and while biden may be old he is no gentleman
So let's drop that right there. Check this one out. You promised uh, no new drilling on federal land or offshore. Can you tell Gen Z that you haven't broken your promise? Yes, because the courts overruled me. The court said I couldn't do it. I want to stop all drilling on the East Coast and the West Coast and in the Gulf. But I got I lost in court. But we're still pushing. We're still pushing really very hard. Look, the alternative is you get everything is better as we we, we have the private sector is coming off the sidelines. They've invested two hundred and fifty billion dollars in alternative energy. They're coming they're losing their ass is what they're doing. They're losing their ass. They have, they have electric cars they've built that they can't sell. They have electric cars that are broken that they can't fix. They have batteries that are dying that they can't replace. I mean, it's, it's a complete, utter disaster, just like we all said it would be. And you watch, this period in time is going to go down in history because it's not going to last. This shit's going away. And it's, it's going to go away very quickly in 2024 when we get Donald Trump back in office. So... Um, he wanted to stop drilling East Coast, West Coast, Gulf, Alaska. I wanted to stop all drilling, but the court won't let me. You know what? We would be living. He wants us living in the Stone Age and eating bugs. We could, we could, uh, our cars won't run. We won't be able to afford anything. We could just build fires to keep warm and and go foraging in the woods. And 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 we should start living like uh, like some of the lost tribes down in down in South America. Get us some bows and arrows and it won't take long. Pretty soon we'll be shooting at helicopters that overfly us because they'll be government. They'll be the only ones that can afford to fly helicopters around. But man, energy, we need cheap energy. In order to be a world superpower, you need access to cheap energy. And there's other ways to get cheap. If, I mean, if clean is your goal, if you're sure that carbon fuels are ruining the world, which they're not, but if that's your goal, fine. How about nuclear? How about nuclear? You can build smaller plants and spread them around a little bit more so that if there is an issue, it's not as bad. But they're extremely safe, way safer than they used to be. The modern day nuclear plants, nuclear power cells are so much, <laughs> they're light years beyond some of the ones that are still operating and most of the ones that have been shut down. And, uh, and that's what we should be looking at, nuclear. But I mean, man, we need all of it. We need drilling. We need fracking. We need nuclear. We need coal. We need a combined effort of all of this. And sure, how about some solar and wind as well? Put it all in there. But you're not going to support this entire country on solar and wind. You're simply not. First of all, you can't create enough energy to support this country. And we don't have the infrastructure to distribute it, to store it, and then to distribute it. It's also not reliable. It's not always windy. It's not always sunny. But there's always freaking coal and there's always oil. And nuclear power lasts for a very, very long time. Of course, we're not, we're not mining for our own uranium because he gave away those rights. That was one of the things he did this week when he was down the, at, the, uh, at the Grand Canyon. Next clip. Let's move on to solar panels because they aren't cheap. Fewer than 5% of American homes have them, and it's still cheaper. I warn you, uh, creepy whispering Joe is coming up, so open your ears. It's kind of hard to hear, but uh, he's coming in with a secret he's going to tell you. 
easier just to get your energy from the grid. How do you convince Americans that the hard thing to do might be the right thing to do for the environment? We're getting them tax credits to do it. That's what they do. Tax credits. You can afford to do it. And you can afford to weatherize your home. We're paying people to go out and make their homes more solid in the sense that they're not, they're not letting out heat. They're not letting out cooling. We're giving people tax credits. Tax credits. Okay. First of all, it's not 100% credit. And secondly, that means you have to pay for it up front. You have to pay for it up front. $20,000 window package in your house. You got $20,000 in the bank to have new windows put in your house? Maybe, you know, thirty grand to, to, to re-insulate your house, all the walls, attic, everything. You got that money just laying around. And then, and then at the end of the year, you can get some of it back in the form of a tax credit. See, he's like, we're giving people tax credits. We're paying people to afford to do this. People can afford to do this. You're living in a pipe dream, dude. People cannot afford to do this. We can't afford 30, 40, 50, 60, 80, $100,000 for an electric vehicle. We can't afford to go put new windows in our houses and get new furnaces and new appliances, okay? We can't, we, we can barely afford to fill our tank to go to work and back. And you're sitting there on your fucking, your goddamn millionaire, dude. Excuse me. Sorry. Thank you. That one came out. Forgive me. Sorry about that, folks. But uh, mostly, God, sorry about that. Um, You're a millionaire. It doesn't affect you at all. It goes back to what I said before. $5 a gallon gas does not bother rich people at all. Next clip. These big high-tension wires that carry the electricity along. This is weird. For example, we're now transmitting over those lines on the East Coast. We're transmitting solar, I mean, the wind power coming off the shores, okay? But the power grid, those is that electricity is going through these lines. When storms come and knock them down, the forest catch fire. <sighs> Grandpa Joe trying to explain how the power grid works, how... Wind power is going through these high voltage lines, and when they fall over, they start forest fires. God, I mean, I've I've previewed this video. I mean, this this material, obviously, to put the show together, and so I've already seen it. And now I'm looking at it again, and it still gives me a headache the second time through. Maybe even worse because I start. It it, it seems even more more bizarre. Yes, Joe. When high voltage power lines fall over, they they cause fire sometimes. What does that have to do with climate change? As far as I knew, high voltage power lines have been around for a while. They've been causing fires for a while too. And this is one of my favorites. Check this one. How is the U.S. preparing the military? Well, we're preparing the military by trying to deal with the climate. Stuff. For example, many of the bases of the flood, many of these massive floods, they flooded out military bases in the Midwest and the South. That has a profound impact on readiness. And so what we have to do is change the way in which we generate energy. And that's that's the whole of it. And the military is doing their part. Someone explained to me how changing the way we generate energy is going to stop the floods that he's referring to.
So that's what we're worried about with our military. We're preparing them about these, these horrible floods. And I don't know, maybe he's talking rising sea levels. Let's take a look at a news article here real quick. AP, AP News is reporting. This went out on the wire. And uh, UN predicts disaster if global warming not checked. I want to point something out. Uh, Peter James Spielman, who knows? He might not even be alive because this article was written or published June 29th, 1989. So Peter James Spielman, you know, rest in peace if you're not with us anymore. But that was the person who wrote this article. United Nations AP, again, from 1989. A senior UN environmental official says entire nations could be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels if global warming trend is not reversed by the year 2000. So they gave an 11 year, this was 89. They said in 11 years, Entire nations will be wiped off the earth. Coastal flooding and crop failures would create an exodus of eco-refugees threatening political chaos, says Noel Brown, director of the New York office of the UN Environment Program, or UNEP. He said governments have a 10-year window of opportunity to solve the greenhouse effect because it goes beyond human control. I'm going to go right back to what I said when I opened this show. People don't trust the government because the government doesn't trust the people. When you lie to somebody over and over and over and over again and your predictions are wrong over and over my entire life, my entire life, 55 years old, and I've been hearing climate doom since I could under, since I learned to speak English and hear and understand, since I became cognitive and aware of my surroundings. I was a toddler hearing about climate change and acid rain. And oil running out. So forgive me if I'm not buying into your climate panic this time because this time we're right. This time we really only have 10 years. This time, if you just give us all your freaking money and live like peasants and sacrifice for a while, this time it's real and we're going to save the world. Hey, hey, hey. These people. I've got just a few more and then I'm going to move on. But uh, is it the responsibility of the U.S. to protect migrants who might be fleeing extreme weather in their countries? Look, I think the, the United States should do everything it can to help people who are in desperate need have no other means of help. And we've always done that. It is not our, it, it is just who we are. We're the United States of America. And the idea to begrudge the ability to do it. for example, one of the things we're doing is we're providing for changing the environment, the, the, the physical structures in the countries which they come from. So they don't have, so they have better lighting. They have more secure. Uh, LED light bulbs, bulbs, I guess, huh? You have <laughs> all, so many lead pipes all across. Hey, all we have to do is give LED lighting to uh, Venezuela and they'll stop sending refugees here. Fixed. So we're not only ruining our country, we're ruining every other country out there. Then he goes on and starts rambling about lead pipes in the United States in that clip. I cut it short because it's a long clip. Uh, he starts rambling on about how we're replacing all, all the lead pipe in the entire country. That's a lie, first of all. It's a lie. And what are you talking about? Lead pipe? Uh, building infrastructure in foreign countries so that the topic, remember the question, was climate refugees, not 
clean drinking water in the United States because of lead pipes. But uh, apparently his answer is to go into other countries and try to fix them the same way he's trying to fix America. God save them. What is your administration doing to address environmental justice? 40% of all the funding is going to go to those people. Look. Those people? Who are those people, Joe? People of color? I mean, we know you're a racist. You've said racist things throughout your entire lifetime and throughout your entire career. So is that who? I mean, define those people. We're talking about social, we're talking about environmental justice here. Another term that's made up, another term the left made up to put fear into people that means absolutely nothing. Environmental justice. Give me a break. I was raised in a town called Claymont, Delaware. And then he's going to tell his oil story. When you got up in the morning, my mother would drive. I'm not even going to. I've, I've, I've had it. Oh, yeah. Every spring uh, or every fall when it would rain for the first time, we put on the wipers and there'd be an oil slick on the windshield. God. The guy is worthless. I tell and he, and he tells these same stories over and over again. I think he tells them so many times he actually starts to believe them. Now let's, let's listen to a little bit of reporting on this instead. The Biden administration, without any, con, without any congressional legislation, they'd like to take miles per gallon up to 66, 66 miles per gallon, I believe by 2032. The current level is 44. That would destroy gas-powered cars. So I thought I'd get your comment on that because you are an energy expert. Well, thanks, Larry, for having me. And on that last point is really, really a good one to start with because you're exactly right. While they say what they want is more energy efficient combustion engines, what they really want us to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. They want to get rid of you know, the combustion engine altogether by creating an impossible mm -hmm. standard. And that's what's forced this, this market um, – really market corruption, if you will, it's forced a lot of these manufacturers to create way too many electric vehicles, which people don't want. Mm -hmm. And and not only that, but they can't get the parts for them. They, they're, they're expensive to buy. They're expensive to maintain. You can't get the batteries. Uh, we don't create them here. Uh, the energy that, that they, they want to bring to the United States is dependent on China. I mean, there's so many bad things. And by the way, it just transfers their climate guilt to other polluting countries to build all of these things that we would then import into the United States. So it, it's awful for the economy, obviously, but it's also just really bad public policy. And any time the government steps in with huge subsidies for inefficient outcomes, um, you're, you're going to go down a very slippery slope. And I covered that on my show yesterday, or two days ago on Monday, was uh, uh, how all of the failures, when, remember when Ob uh, oh Biden, Obama was going after all the, he was going to fund, we gave tens of millions of dollars away to all these green energy companies. They're all bankrupt. It's Lindra, you know, um, the, the, the bus company I talked about yesterday, uh, Pro Proterra, that the Biden administration dumped money into, they're bankrupt. They filed bankruptcy. You can't force a free economy to do something that's not viable, to do something that's not profitable, and to provide something that people don't want. That's, that's disaster. You've got to let the free market dictate itself. 
You've got your regulatory agencies in place to make sure they operate safely. But the government's job is not to create markets. The government's job is not to create outcomes. The government's jobs is to get the hell out of the way and let capitalism and the private sector do what it does best, which is innovate, create jobs, which also creates tax revenue. It's that simple. So uh, government, get out of the way. We're tired of you, Joe. As the Biden administration signals its fight against global warming may actually involve blocking sunlight. The White House posting research claiming, quote, solar radiation modification would enable better informed decisions about the potential risk and benefits of SRM as a component of climate policy alongside the foundational elements of greenhouse gas emissions mitigation. Our next guest warned. So now we're gonna we're gonna block sunlight. That they have this plan to put things up there in the atmosphere that will block sunlight. <laughs> These people are insane. They have a talk God complex. They have a serious, serious God complex. I, I can't even believe it. Sometimes All right, a couple more from your commander in chief, and then we'll we'll move on. The Grand Canyon, one of the Earth's nine wonders. Wonders of the world. What? Literally. Think of that. You know, it's amazing. One of, whoa. One of the nine wonders? The Grand Canyon? Nine? Where did the extra two wonders come from? I, last I checked, I'm, I thought there was only seven. Maybe uh, maybe Joe Biden's dementia is the eighth. <laughs> His presidency might be the ninth wonder of the world. The fact that he's actually president. The fact that we have this doofus, this this, this dementia-ridden che- Swiss cheese for brains old man running this country. Well, someone's running him. <laughs> that's got to be the wonder. That's got to be one of the wonders of the world, right? Maybe that's what he was talking about. Anyway, there's only seven wonders of the world, people. There's not nine. Uh, Biden seemed to have uh, forgotten that little bit. And then as usual... He just can't remember how to leave a stage. I know I talk about this all the time, but that's because he keeps doing it. (sighs) Salutes the crowd. I don't know why he salutes the crowd. He has no idea where he's going. Oh, what do I do with this? I'm sorry, people. Let's pray. Let's make sure we pray tonight. Hey, the border we got going on down there, you know, now it's not just, uh, we're protecting the Ukraine border just fine. It's our border, though, that has the problem. I've talked about it on yesterday's show. I talk about it regularly because it's an important ongoing issue that is not going away and it's not getting any better. Now we have armed cartel members wearing body armor and 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 have uh, assault rifles escorting illegals into this country there's footage of them with their rifles they're wearing body armor and they uh what are we doing now this if you know what is an invasion what did what needs to happen for the for the 
extreme commie Democrats to wake the hell up and understand that you can't just allow unfettered Im immigration or migration or whatever you want to call it, illegal entry. You can't just, there has to be rules. Oh, wait, we do have rules. We have an immigration system. We have a way to legally immigrate to this country. The problem is the left refuses to freaking use it. In fact, just like everything, they try to pervert it and work around it and just do whatever the hell they want anyway. Screw the system that we have in place. Screw the laws. Screw it all. Screw the Constitution. And by the way, screw you. We're just going to do whatever we want. Vivek Ramaswamy has something to say about that. An open border is not a border, Laura. And I just think the remarkable thing right now is that we are spending hundreds of billions of dollars of military resources to protect somebody else's border from an invasion halfway around the world. When we have an invasion, literally now an armed invasion across our own southern border that we're not doing a thing about. And what I think we need in our foreign policy, Laura, is a revival of a modern Monroe Doctrine that above all else, if there's one purpose of the U.S. military, it is to protect the American homeland, to protect Americans here on American soil, whether that is a Chinese spy balloon or a spy base in Cuba or now armed cartel gunmen or Chinese made fentanyl coming across the southern border with Mexican drug cartels. Yes, we will use and are legally and morally and ethically justified in using our own military to secure our own border rather than somebody else's border in Ukraine or anywhere else. That's the kind of leadership we need. And that's my plan as president. There you have it. And, uh, you know, it's funny that people coming out now that he's starting to rise in the polls. Now, even the DeSantis camp and uh, they're coming out with their influencers, their paid influencers on social media and trying to find things wrong with, with Vivek. I mean, first, oh, he's Soros money. I still see that out there. He has nothing to do with the World Economic Forum or Soros. I, I did an entire show on it. I'm going to throw it out there again, maybe later this week, but go, go look at my, my rumble, rumble.com slash the none report. You'll find it down there. And, um, and, and then you got people saying, oh, well, he donated to Democrats and, and this and that. It wasn't even him. It was another Vivek Ramaswamy, which happens to be a pretty common Indian name. That's like John Smith. Oh, John Smith donated. Yeah, which one? So that wasn't true either. But one of the things that's coming out is, is people are trying to say Vivek is a, he's a grifter. He's a con man. Um, hmm. Recently, who else did they try to say all that about? This is like 2015, 2016. Oh, they said the exact same things about Donald Trump when he was running for president. So it's interesting to me that when another up-and-comer comes up and starts talking about the same things, the same solutions are similar, and talks about the Constitution, talks about revolution in a 1776 sort of way, who talks about the free market and capitalism. It's interesting when someone else and less government as a result of capitalism, obviously. So uh, they are doing the same thing to him. They're saying the same things about him as they did Donald Trump. Isn't that interesting? But, uh, you know, think about it, man. 
Speaking of Donald Trump, he's got he's got a bitch here. So the January 6th uh, deselect committee or unselect committee, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, Liz Cheney and the and the the lot of, of buffoons that were doing that that were railroading Donald Trump. So they they gave a criminal referral. So they had their year long thing or whatever the heck it was. They had they had that, and then all the evidence they collected to give a criminal referral to the Department of Justice, a lot of that's been destroyed. It's been shredded. It's been burned. It's gone. So Trump can't even subpoena the evidence that was used to provide the criminal referral to the Department of Justice, who then got together a grand jury in D.C. and indicted him. So he can't even... that original information that generated the criminal referral, much of it is not even available to subpoena. It's not available for evidence. It's just gone. Donald Trump truth. So now that I have full subpoena power because of the federal of speech sham indictment by crooked Joe Biden, deranged Jack Smith and the DOJ, DOJ has been just been reported that the unselect January 6th committee of political hacks and thugs has... <laughs> of the way he talks, has illegally destroyed their records and documents. This is unthinkable. And the fake political indictment against me must be immediately withdrawn. I agree. He can't even access or subpoena the original documentation and information that was used to generate the criminal referral. He continues, the system is rigged and corrupt, very much like the presidential election of 2020. We are a nation in decline. I wish he'd stop saying that. And I don't I don't think we're I think we're a nation that's that's in in a bit of a seizure. <laughs> I think we're having a bit of a grand mall seizure here. Uh just hang on, man. It'll be over in a little bit, and then we'll we'll continue on with the American way and the American dream. How about that? But uh yeah, you know, decline. That that's yeah. So but meanwhile, the real criminals, and, and oh by the way, so now we're gonna talk about the what Congress unearthed and the real crime and the real crime family, which is the Biden crime family, of course, and the tens of millions of dollars that they've gotten from overseas, all that information has come out. And, um, and this was, let's just lead it off with this. I do want to say that I wonder now what, every time that the, uh, 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 something bad about the Biden administration comes out, something damning, some evidence, all of a sudden, they hammer Trump on something. So I'm wondering what's going to fall on Trump. I think maybe the the Georgia indictment might be coming down. That would be something they could, again, draw attention away from themselves and put it back on Trump. But I tell you what, I think putting all that attention on Trump is backfiring. I think it's doing him more good. And they thought it was going to harm him. And the fact, though, it's not. But there are actual bank records that tie money from foreign countries, including Ukraine, Russia, and others, directly to the Biden family. Dana, good morning. The question is, what was Hunter Biden doing to earn access to this money? Republicans on the House Oversight Committee say the new records detail a pay-to-play scheme, proof of $20 million sent to the Bidens from foreign business sources. Now, the committee says Russian, Ukrainian, and Kazakh oligarchs funneled money to companies tied to Hunter Biden. A Russian billionaire sent $3.5 million to a shell company associated with Hunter Biden business partner Devin Archer. 
Then Vice President Biden dined with a billionaire in Washington. Another example has Ukrainian money going to Archer and Hunter Biden. Later, Burisma put Hunter Biden on the board. The process involved a foreign country, a foreign national, wiring money to a fake company. Then the fake company would then turn around and wire the money to the Biden family members. They did this to hide the source of the revenue because they weren't supposed to get money from many of these countries. Republicans are trying to draw a line from these payments to the president. There is a line. He was the brand. The Biden brand name was the was the brand. And there is a line. Here's some of the things that there's three pages. They're posted on my site. You can go check them out if you want. They're all over the place. It's a, it's just it's three pages. It's the congressional referral and has all the, the summary of information. Uh, basically citing over $20 million in payments from foreign sources from Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan that occurred during Joe Biden's, while he was vice president, he knew what was going on. He knew what was happening. Hunter Biden and Devon Archer used uh, Rosemont Seneca entities to bring in millions from oligarchs in Europe and Asia. I'm just going to hit the bullet points, okay? In February 2014, a Russian oligarch sent $3.5 million to a shell company associated with Hunter Biden and Devon Archer. The Russian billionaire Yelena Baterina transferred $3.5 million to Rosemont Seneca, a shell company approximately $1 million was transferred to Devon Archer, and the remainder was used to initially fund a new company and a new account. They had shell companies all over the place. In spring of 2014, a Ukrainian oligarch placed Archer and Biden on the Burisma board of directors and agreed to pay them $1 million each per year. Hmm, interesting. At the same, and then, you know, of course, Joe, his famous speech, well, you know, you gotta, fi you gotta fire this prosecutor, you know, or you're not gonna get, you're not gonna get your money. Well, son of a bitch. They fired him. He admitted it. Spring of 2014. Oh, April of 2014. Uh, and this one is interesting. I am going to pull up a, a blow-up shot of this. Let me see if I can get to it here. And uh, <laughs> this is just, this is unbelievable. In April 2014, a, a, a Kazakhstan oligarch wired the exact price of Biden's sports car to a bank account used by Archer and Biden. In February 2014, Hunter Biden met with Keynes Rakeshev at a Washington, D.C. hotel. Rakeshev worked closely with the Prime Minister of Kazakhstan, Karim Masimov. I'm sorry if I'm butchering these names. I probably am. In April, Rakeshev, a Kazakhstan oligarch, was wired $142,300. Pretty precise number. He wired that to Rosemont Seneca, the company, the holding company uh, held by Archer and uh, and Hunter. The next day, a payment was made from Rosemont Seneca for a sports car for Hunter Biden in the amount of the oh, the exact same money, $142,300. So basically, they bought him a, a sports car, the exact dollar amount, in fact. Archer and Biden then arranged for Burisma executives to visit Kazakhstan in June 2014 to evaluate a three-way deal among Burisma, a Chinese state-owned company, and the government of Kazakhstan. Hunter Biden received millions of dollars in payments and it goes on and on. There's also pictures of the actual bank transactions and and that sort of thing. But people, this is this is corruption to the to the umpteenth degree, man. It's crazy. It's insane. And uh, and the press just looks the other way, man. If it were any other administration, could you imagine if this information were coming out regarding Trump and say Don Jr. or Eric? 
The press would be on it 24-7. It's all you would hear about. It would be on every channel, every day, all day long. It would be all over social media. It would be the only thing you ever saw in the news, period. And you know that's true. You libs out there to listen to me once in a while. I know I've got a few trolls out there. I also know other, there's a few liberals out there that follow me that do it just because they want to hear the opposing viewpoint. And that's fine. Here's the opposing viewpoint. You're nuts. Right? Even they know that this is criminal. And they know that there's a two-tiered justice system that operates differently for different groups of people. So I started off the show, one of the things I talked about was Andy No, who was attacked by Antifa. It was caught on film. He, there was no legal criminal charges that were successful. So he filed a lawsuit against Antifa and against the people specifically that assaulted him on video during an Antifa terrorist riot down in Portland. And he... Uh, the, the jury found him, found Antifa not liable. The, the, the defense attorney for Antifa, the people was, uh, said he, he says, I am t Antifa. I'm going to get a shirt after this that says I am Antifa. He's a leftist whack job, man. But how does a jury find there's no liability when they're caught beating him, assaulting him, breaking his video equipment on camera No, yeah, I know we saw that video, but they were justified. So there's one of two things. The jurors are either scared because they, of Antifa, the terrorists, the real domestic terrorists. White supremacists are not the domestic terrorists. Antifa, they're the real domestic terrorists. So they're, they're either scared they're going to get doxxed and their life's going to go to hell, or they agree with these whack jobs who want tyranny, who don't respect the rule of law. It's one or the other. But uh, it's sad. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you a video. Uh, Katie Dav Davis Court was, was covering it. And when she came out, this is what happened to her car in Portland right after she's covering a, a trial for Antifa terrorists. This is what happened to her car. It was broke into, and they didn't just break into it. You don't have to break all the windows to break into a car. You can break just one window and then unlock the car and go in. No, no, they broke all the windows. They ransacked the car. They took everything. She lost uh, some valuable stuff, also some identification that was in there. Um, interesting that they left the phone chargers behind because one time my car was broken into, at a restaurant parking lot around Seattle and there was nothing in the car because I don't keep valuables in my car, but I did leave my cell phone charger in there and they did steal that. But the point is this criminal activity just goes on and on recently down in San Francisco. Many of you have seen this. This is a very disturbing video and in a, in, but this woman's bike gets stolen in broad daylight. There's people standing around watching and filming it. Nobody does anything. She's screaming for help. Check it out. She's screaming for help. Somebody help me! 
Guy just stole her bike, walked off with it. Nobody did a thing. But here's, here's the thing. You know why nobody does? I mean, I, I've been covering the the 7-Eleven where they, they gave that criminal who was filling a garbage can full of tobacco products and was just going to walk out of the store with him. They gave that guy a beat down, man. Well, guess who's in trouble? The store owner or the clerks that held the guy down and beat him with a board gave him what he deserved, in my opinion. They are being investigated for assault. Daniel Penny is on trial for killing somebody that was still alive when he was turned over to paramedics. He stopped a crime on the subway, a guy who was threatening other passengers. Stopped it. And he's the one being charged. He could go to prison for a very long time. And so when you're in a liberal city, the thing is, you, you know, even, even if you're allowed to conceal carry or carry open carry, however you carry, even if you have the ability to intercede, even if you want to intercede, there's a very good chance in a liberal city that if you do, you will be the one found to be in the wrong. You will be the one who is criminally investigated. You will be the one who have to face a court and potential jail time. Not the actual criminal. The actual criminal will probably actually then turn around and sue you for beating him and get awarded money. And if that isn't the most back-ass word thing you've ever seen or heard of in your life, man, you ain't living. Hey, uh, <laughs> I got a real problem with that. I mean... It's like getting to the point, man, if you're a homeowner, uh, someone comes in and, and wants to steal all your stuff and rape your wife and children, uh, if you shoot and kill them, you might actually be the one investigated for, for murder in some states. That's how screwed up it's become. This was a smash and grab at an Irvine, California jewelry store. They just go in there, steal whatever they want. because there's not enough police to cover everything. This is at a mall in San Francisco. Broad daylight, middle of the day, sunglass hut. Bunch of punks in there, thugs, a-holes, whatever you want to call them. They're just in there filling up bags, stealing all the sunglasses out, sunglasses. So sure, they get bags full of sunglasses. I suppose they can probably go sell them for 50 bucks a piece. I mean, you know, sunglass hat. A lot of those glasses go for two, three, four hundred $400 for a good pair of sunglasses, right? That's why first responders always have nice ones because, you know, somehow they get left behind in the vehicle. And anyway, that's another story. This is happening all the time. These videos are, this is not, <laughs> this is a regular occurrence. This is not some oddball thing that only happens once in a while. This is happening every single day in cities across this country because of the liberal establishment that has now made society so permissive you can do whatever you want because there are no consequences. It's, uh, man, people, it's become something else. And, and you know, I'm just about, just about to the end of my time here. I do want to, See if we can look at one more thing. It's on the same 
It's not, actually, it's not, it's the same thing. Nordstrom shuts down both stores in crime-ridden San Francisco. Target locks its entire product range behind security glass and Whole Foods store is shuttered. Businesses aren't going to stay there. They can't continue to absorb those losses and survive. It's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, hey, man, it's been great. It's been a fun show. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, going through and get it out there for, for everybody to see. Please watch it. Please subscribe to my channel, rumble.com slash the nun report. Follow me on all the socials at the nun report, except Instagram, because I don't do that commie BS. All right. Or just, or, and, oh, and Twitter, because I couldn't get the, that account got nuked. So it's just at nun report on Twitter. Or you can uh, just go to my website, thenunreport.com. You can link into everything in one stop, one shop. It's really easy to do. And everybody should go ahead and do it. You got to support other patriots. You got to support things. And the way you can support the movement, the way you can support the flow of information, the way you can keep people like me going, man, is, is show me a little love, all right? With a follow, with a like, and with a share. Anyway, hey, thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.